Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. We are finally full speed ahead here on the NFL Draft. It's uh, We're about a month away. So um, we are going to just start getting fully into what the Eagles need to do in the NFL Draft. And that's because, for the most part, free agency has... It's Obviously, it's not over. It runs until the start of the season. But... The, you know, the major moves, you know, those are now in the rearview mirror. The Eagles did make a signing today. We'll start with that quickly. We're going to talk about, um, you know, obviously things that they're going to try to improve here on this roster. But we are going to start with a move that the Eagles did make today. And they addressed a position that they obviously need to upgrade. And that's defensive tackle. And they signed a guy from the New Orleans Saints. You know, he was a fourth round pick of the San Francisco 49ers in 2018, Contavious Saint. Now, is Contavious Saint somebody that you're like, okay, this is it's a one-year, I think, $3 million deal. I think he had three and a half sacks last season. He has playing experience uh, clearly in the NFL. He's like, again, it's just a one-year deal. They signed Terrell Edmonds at safety. And Terrell Edmonds from, you know, Pittsburgh. And again, one-year deal. They've done a bunch of one-year deals. It's it's Greedy Williams, one-year deal. Um, these are not guys where, for instance, you sign these guys and you go, okay, we don't have to worry about that position. No, you sign these guys and you still can now go best player available in the draft. But now you're just trying to put yourself in a position where you come in the draft and you go, okay, hey, we, we, we might have you know, so-and-so higher. But we have no choice but to draft this position because we seriously may not be able to line up if we don't have it. That's what these signings are for. They essentially give the Eagles the freedom to line up. At defensive tackle right now, you have Fletcher Cox. Now you have Contavious Saint. You have Milton Williams. You have Jordan Davis. You know, they have guys there. You know, Marvin Wilson's still there. You know, Marlon Tui-Peloto. There are guys here on the roster. They have enough defensive tackles that they can line up. That does not preclude them from drafting a defensive tackle very early in the NFL draft, for sure. But, I mean, at safety, they have uh, Terrell Edmonds. You know, they have Reed Blankenship. You have Kayvon Wallace. You have, you know, Evans. These are the, again, they're not, stopping the Eagles from drafting, but they can line up. They have guys that have NFL experience playing at those positions. So that's pretty much what has happened uh, with free agency. Now, in regards to what is going on with this team in uh, the NFL draft, you know, we have to figure out what they're going to do for the NFL draft, right? So I said last week we were going to preview defensive tackle, or defensive tackle, defensive end and cornerback. And I was going to give you my top five pro- prospects at each position. And I am going to do that, but we're not going to just talk top five. We're going to give honorable mentions as well because I think these are some rather deep positions. Um, Corner for sure. I mean, corner is deep. Like there is a lot of... Guys that could probably play in the NFL corner coming out in this draft, which is a good thing for the Eagles because we definitely need some corners to come in because, again, our two corners are over the age of 30. 
and you don't want to be self-reliant on corners over the age of 30. Um, so right now, we have, you know, and we'll, we'll start with corner. Who are my top five prospects at cornerback? So let's get into it. My top five prospects are as follows. Number one for me is Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. Christian Gonzalez is everything you could kind of want at corner. He has great size, which, again, that's been a common theme with the prospects in this draft. But Christian Gonzalez, you know, he's 6'1", 197 pounds. You know, he's only 20. He's going to be 21. Uh, he ran a 4.38, 41 and a half inch vertical, uh, 11 foot broad, and his pro football focus grade last year in terms of what he did. And again, I like to look at the pro football focus grades because you're not going to be able to watch every snap here. And again, how do you get analysis? These grades aren't something that you just go, okay, that's how I'm going to draft somebody. But you kind of see if a player was steady, did they get better, and his three seasons... You know, he didn't play a ton of snaps in 2020. Now, again, that was the COVID year. He was, he had a grade of 57 and a half, right? That was 478 out of 561 corners that qualified. That's obviously not good. His second season last, uh, two years ago, 2021, he had a 71.2 grade. They graded him 287th out of 887 corners. Now, last season, he had a grade of 83.3. That graded him 31st out of 917 corners. So you have seen marketably or market improvement from Christian Gonzalez in his three years in college. I like him, like I said. I think he's he's able to turn his hips. He's got swift movement. Um from the, the, the film I've watched on him, it's he's very solid. And I really like what I see from Christian Gonzalez. Now, number two for me is Joey Porter Jr. I like Joey Porter Jr. for this. He has an NFL pedigree. His father was a prominent NFL player at linebacker. He has incredible size. He's 6'2", right? 193 pounds. I know people were worried about the athlete that Joey Porter was. Well, he ran a 4.4640. He has 34-inch arms, by the way, which are insane for a corner. He has longer arms than Andre Dillard had, as an example. So he's ideal to play press man. Now you'll say, well, the Eagles don't play press man. They like to play off man zone and, you know, off man and whatever. And you're right. But again, what are you going to do? You're going to ignore a guy like Joey Porter because, what, he doesn't fit your current defensive scheme? Remember, great coaches don't try to make players adapt to their scheme. You know what they do? They coach to their players' strengths. So if you're sitting there and Joey Porter ranks as the best player on your board, you throw your scheme out the damn window and you play to his strengths. And again, I get it. You can't just play to one player's strengths and throw the other guy on an island. That's fine. I, I, I completely understand that. But Darius Slay and James Bradbury could play up on players. They could. They're not asked to right now. And that's fine. But if Joey Porter has to play on your team... You're going to tell me Darius Slay won't be able to adapt to a scheme that's more helpful for a guy like Joey Porter? That that would make no sense whatsoever. Trust me, he has the ability to do so. Now, his 2020, he went from a 69.6 um, pro football focus grade, which was 183rd out of 561 corners, 67.2 in 2021, so nothing 
marketably improved, but it was 431 out of 887, and then a 73.2 last season, and that was 239th out of 917. So obviously nothing where you'd quote-unquote from pro football focus say he was elite, but if you watch Porter play, the problem with Porter is he just didn't turn the ball over. His hands were like bricks. But this guy could play, and he is aggressive. He's not afraid of contact. I really like Joey Porter. Third on my list. This one was tough, but I did go with Devin Witherspoon. Now, Devin Witherspoon is 5'11", 180 pounds, 22. He didn't test yet in terms of a 40 because he's dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, But I will say this. His grades... He had a 68.1, you know, as a 2020, which is 218th out of 561 players. 69.3, which is 353rd out of 887 in 2021. But in 2022, he had a 92 for a grade, which was second out of 917 corners. Now, people will tell you, oh, they don't like the one-year wonder. It's not like he was abysmal his first two seasons. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at the grade, accordingly, so he, he's right on par with Joey Porter. Do I think he's as good as Joey Porter in terms of, no, from what I've seen, I don't. But I can tell you something about Witherspoon, which I do like. I think he could play very easily in the slot. In fact, he played a lot of snaps in the slot for Illinois this season, which is a good thing with the Eagles currently, because for the first two seasons, that might be the only spot you can get on the field. Like I said, I've I've long thought there's the possibility of Maddox sliding back and playing safety as well. Now, if you get a guy like Devin Witherspoon, let's just say a 10, he is your best guy on the board, or you trade down and he's still on the board and he's your best guy on the board, you don't have to sit there and go, we can't take Devin Witherspoon because we don't have a spot to put him on the field. No, you find a spot on the field for him. And I'm telling you, the ideal thing would be he'd go in the slot and Avante Maddox would slide back and that makes your defense better. Again, I'm not ruling out the possibility. I heard this before and, I, and, and from Jeff Mosher. I heard this and, and he could be right of uh, the possibility maybe the Eagles look to trade a guy like Avante Maddox simply because he's got a year left on his deal. You know what I mean? Like they, they might get a corner in the draft. I don't envision that happening because I think Maddox could slide back to the safety position. But again, I'm not sitting here not drafting a corner because I'm more, uh, Maddox plays in the slot. Maddox is another guy, though, who has an injury history as well. That's why when you think of the team, right, you can't just think, well, who are the starters and assume nobody's getting hurt. It's the NFL. Injuries occur. They're going to occur. You're only as good as your next player. You got to have guys that could play. You know what I mean? That's why Greedy Williams is here. You know, Zach McPherson, we don't know really what Zach McPherson could do. But Devin Witherspoon absolutely could fill a need behind you. We saw what happened when Avante Maddox got hurt last year, right? Josiah Scott was not a guy you, you really trusted in the slot. In fact, the Eagles didn't trust him so much that he was benched. And when Gardner Johnson got healthy, he played the slot until until uh, Avante Maddox could come back to show you. So that, and Gardner Johnson's not here. So they don't have another guy in the building they think they could play slot. That's why I think Witherspoon's somebody to seriously consider, and I'm sure they will. And, and again, Christian Gonzalez could play the slot as well, and Joey Porter the same. Now, fourth, I have Deontay Banks. He is from Maryland. He's got he's six feet, 197 pounds, four three five forty. Um, forty inch vertical or forty two inch vertical. Uh, this guy is an elite athlete as well, 
Now, his grade 60.1 in 2020, 66.6 in 2021, and 72 last year, which is 289th. But again, you got to understand this. These grades are not dependent on essentially like what the scheme is. You want to see if you have the traits. And this guy has all the traits you want at corner. He's fluid. He, he can move his hips. He could turn. And he could definitely play multiple positions. I really like Deontay Banks. Now, fifth is tough. To me, this was a really tough one. Um, and there's a lot of guys. Like, you, you could go with Emmanuel Forbes here. I know he's he's got the size issue, 166 pounds, but he's 6'1". But again, he, he's really, really good, you know, at Mississippi State. And he's not afraid of contact. A guy like Cam Smith from South Carolina, you know, he's 6'1", 180. Um, he was elite, maybe. He had a way better season two years ago than he did last season. So that's another thing you could look at and say, hey, what happened there? What could have been the team? Whatever. And you, you think you're getting maybe the 2021 version or could coach that back into him. I like Stevenson from Miami, you know. But the guy I put here was Kelly Ringo. And why Kelly Ringo? Well, Kelly Ringo, number one, was like the number one prospect coming out of college when he, or coming out of high school when he came out. He's 20 years old, going to be 21, 6'2, 210. This guy is built. Like he is a monster for the quarterback position. And he ran a 4-3-6-40. Now, in tw- he didn't play in 2020. He was redshirted. 2021, he had a 74.5, which was 189th out of 887 corners. And last year, 71.4. Now, the thing with Ringo is he could get beat deep. You know, it, it, there's things to work on with his instincts. But I think a lot of his things is he could be coached into it. And remember this with Kelly Ringo, with the Eagles specifically, because it's Georgia. They did interview the Georgia defensive coordinator, possibly to take the Eagles defensive coordinator job. And don't think they didn't talk about Jalen Carter and Kelly Ringo, you know, um, Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis. So the Eagles have some good intel, I'm assuming, on Kelly Ringo. And I like him. That's why he's fifth on my board. Now, honorable mentions. First guy I want to put out there is Garrett Williams. And Garrett Williams is going to fly under the radar because he's from Syracuse, but he got hurt in the Notre Dame game. He tore his ACL. So he is not going to be testing. So he's probably going to fall down some boards, but I think Garrett Williams, and again, he's really good, by the way, at off man, you know, you know, not press man, essentially an off zone. So like he fits the Eagles to a mold or to a T, but I really like Garrett Williams. I like Clark Phillips from Utah. I follow the Pac-12 really much, a lot because of USC and Clark Phillips was a thorn in their side. I really like Clark Phillips. Um, Starling Thomas from UAB. Starling Thomas is another really good player. And Riley Moss from Iowa. Now, Starling Thomas, by the way, is more of a slot corner. Um, He's not going to play outside. He just doesn't have the size. But Riley Moss from Iowa, for sure, could play outside. And he's not being talked about at all. And I don't get it. Iowa was really, really good defense this year. Um, And again, it just takes one team to fall in love with somebody. But Riley Moss, I mean, he had great pro football focus grades. You know, I get it. His age is 23, okay, but he's got great size and 6'1", he's 193. And uh, again, he's he's been nothing but solid. But he, I don't I don't understand why Riley Moss maybe isn't a little bit higher. I, I looked at, you know, maybe people don't feel the competition. I don't know what it is. It could be a scheme, whatever it was. But I thought Riley Moss played pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I, I've been trying to find some things on him. I feel like he should be a little bit of a more higher-graded player. 
he's somebody where if he's sitting there in the fourth round, and again, I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. They don't have you know middle-round picks right now. They may acquire them. This could be a guy on their board where they're like, hey, you know what? We don't need a corner, quote-unquote, this season because we have enough guys so far that we think could play in the building. But this is a guy where if you could get him, if you got him like the fourth round, you, you run to the podium to pick a guy like Riley Moss, in my opinion. Now let's go to defensive ends, or as the league likes to call them now, edge rushers, right? So what do we need at edge rusher, right? I would tell you this. Guys I like. We're going to start number one, and number one to me is pretty easy. It's Will Anderson. So Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama. Now I know the thing on Will Anderson is they think he's a little stiff in the hips. His bend might not be what you want it to be. Okay, fair. I heard the same thing about Kayvon Thibodeau. And, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau had a lot of impact plays for the Giants last year. You know, his antics aside, he was an impact player. Now, Jadevian Clowney had the same kind of thing where he didn't have the best bend in the world and he's never been the player that everybody thought he would be. But you wouldn't sit there and say Jadevian Clowney was some type of, you know, colossal miss. Anderson, you know, um, 4'6 speed. You know, 6'3", 253, and he made impact plays at Alabama, and the guy is a winner. I would have no issues with it. Again, he ain't going to fall to where the Eagles have a shot to pick him. He's number one on my board. Number two. Now, number two is going to be a surprise to people because he's not really being talked about at all at 10. You hear about him at 30, but you don't hear about him at 10. And it's Felix and Duque Yuzomo. Now, he didn't test, but his size is great. He's 6'3", 255. He's got incredible bend. I really like this guy. I'm telling you, his bend is where he wins. Uh, I, I just, I look at him and I go, he could set the edge for for us. I, I really believe that. I know that people think that's something he has to improve. I think that's helped with coaching. But he is incredibly bendy. And I'm telling you, that's something that teams look to covet. They really, really do. They, they look at bend and they go, that is you can't teach it. You know what I mean? I could teach you how to set the edge. I cannot teach you how to bend your body into a position where you can make plays. He's number two on my board. Now, number three, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, another elite athlete. Uh, 6'6", 271. He didn't really test in terms of speed, but he's got a wingspan of 86 inches, which is insane. That's, you know, seven feet, two inches tall. His grades are there, but again, I, I really like Tyree Wilson. Um, he may be in play for the Eagles at 10. I don't know what the board's going to fall, but I, I'd be pretty shocked if he falls down that. I think Tyree Wilson's going to be a guy who goes in the top seven. Now, four, this is where it starts getting a little fun. I have Will McDonald from Iowa State. Will McDonald's a guy where if you watch him on film, you'll like him a lot more. He wasn't asked to do, like, he was essentially put in positions where he wasn't going to get big numbers. A lot of the time. Problem with Will McDonald, you might get concerned is he's a little older. He's 24 years old. And fifth for me, this guy has a brother in the NFL. I think he's really good, and it's B.J. Ojolari. And he's 20 years old, going to just be 21, 6'2", 248. Um, he didn't run a 40, but he's got a 32-inch vert, 10, uh, 10'6 broad jump, 34-and-a-fourth-inch uh, arms, long arms. I mean, this guy is like Aziz. Ojolari, you know what I mean? And Aziz Ojolari, ironically, is the last guy to get a sack, I think, on Lane Johnson like three years ago. BJ has that same type of bend to his game. I would have no issues with BJ Ojolari. In fact, again, 
he's probably somebody that's going to be really much in play at three. And if you notice, by the way, or at 30, I'm sorry. And if you notice, by the way, the guys I didn't say, not that I don't like these guys, but Nolan Smith, his size, man, he, he's just very tiny. And a guy that size doesn't really excel in the NFL. It's it just, he could, trust me, there's a million exceptions. I'm not saying he can't be. But I think Nolan Smith, from, and he's from Georgia, I think he needs to be like very much, he's got project written all over him. And hey, a project that could end up blowing up for the, it'd be great. But I don't really trust Nolan Smith. Miles Murphy, same thing. Lucas Van Ness. Lucas Van Ness was a power player at Iowa. The whole starter thing is stupid. He played enough, but he played inside, which is great. He has versatility. He could kind of slide inside, but his game was more based off power. And in the NFL, it's just so much harder. You know what I mean? You're not going up against you know guys that aren't going to be NFL players in the NFL. They're all NFL players, and they all have strength. And you know you're not just going to bull rush guys in the NFL. Now, two guys I did want to mention, though, that are honorable mentions, and these are guys that you can get maybe later in the draft because we're talking about first-round, second-round guys here. But these are guys I think you can get later, and one is Valami Fahoko from San Jose State. I really like him. I like what I've seen on him. And Jose Ramirez from Eastern Michigan. And the Eagles have already kind of hinted to something about Jose Ramirez, but um, these are guys that you could find later in the draft. They have really good bend. They just played at smaller schools. So their numbers look inflated, and people don't know how real they are. And I understand that because the, the level of competition they're going up on their offense lines is nothing in comparison to the guys we mentioned. But those are just two names that, hey, if you want to take a flyer in the fifth or sixth round, those are two guys for sure I'm taking a flyer on, 100%. Fourth, fifth, sixth round, those are names to look for. Now my current top five right now still stands as... And it's, I'm trying to think, should we go one to five or should we go five to one? Let's go five to one. I think that's a little bit more fun, right? Fifth, I have Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State still. He's still my fifth guy right now on my big board for the pick of 10. And that's if they stay. Fourth, I have Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas. I'm telling you, when you think about this team, and we're going to talk about the offense in a little bit here. Running back, yeah, they have Rashard Penny. I'm huge. I'm, I'm big time on Trey Sermon. Kenny Gainwell, you know, Boston Scott. If a Bijan Robinson becomes available in a spot where he's by far your best guy on the board, you take him and you don't even think about twice. You just run to the podium. Now, third, Christian Gonzalez. Christian Gonzalez is, in my, like I said, I think he's the best corner in the draft. He is right now my number three guy. Number two, and this guy's coming off a lot of boards, and, and it's going to be interesting to see. We're going to have to monitor the situation. But strictly based off of film, Jalen Carter's still number two, the defensive tackle from Georgia. But number one, by a mile for me right now, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think it's even close right now, is Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. And the reason is, and we're going to just get into it right now, let, let's get into the offense. Jeffrey, the owners' meetings were this week, so we, we could just talk about everything. And Jeffrey Lurie reiterated the point that offense wins in the NFL. Now you hear that and you think, oh man, that means he thinks, no, they, trust me, they believe your offensive line helps set everything up for your offense. So when he says that, that makes you think possibly that more likely they're going to try to take an offense alignment. I wouldn't because here's my thing. If you take an offense alignment at 10, let's just say they stay at 10 and you take an offense lineman, you got to play him at right guard, right? Okay. But you're picking a tackle, I'm assuming, at that position, right? 
you have Jack Driscoll, who you feel pretty good about on the right side of the offense line. They like him at right tackle. They like him at right guard. They may not like him at left tackle. Okay. You take Skaransky. Now, Skaransky doesn't really translate. A lot of people are worried about his arm length and his size to play tackle in the NFL. To me, it's like this. I think if you're really looking at guys that you could potentially get, I think the kid from North Dakota, well, you're talking about the offense line, but I mean, I think in the draft, like you might be able to get the kid from North Dakota State in the second round, and he could translate to playing guard. I don't think you want to pick somebody at 10 that potentially is going to be on the bench. And you don't know how long, because Lane Johnson's not going anywhere. Jordan is not going anywhere. Landon Dickerson's not going anywhere. Yes, Jason Kelsey could retire. Okay, well, that's what Cam Jurgens is here for. So yeah, your right guard spot then remains open, but do you want Cam Jurgens sitting on the bench for two years? You know, I know people think, oh, hey, we want him to play center, and I do too. Trust me, I get that. I don't want him really not working on center, but I also want him to know how to play NFL football too. And the preseason's great, but we need him to play NFL football. I just don't see picking a 10 because, again, I, I don't, yeah, maybe next year you could, but again, are you picking a right guard at 10? That's what I'm asking you. When I think there's guys in this draft that you can get a little later that could for sure fill that role. Now, I look, like I said, so when you look around the rest of the, the offense, right? You go, okay, running back, maybe, because again, you don't have somebody that you could just sit there and go, okay, we're going to hand that ball to this guy and, and he could take the game over. You don't know what Trey Sermon could do. Maybe he can. The 49ers picked him thinking he would. You know, uh, Rashard Penny. Rashard Penny's numbers are incredible when he's healthy. Kenny Gainwell was incredible the last half of the season last year, I thought. I think the Eagles are comfortable with who they got at running back. I really do. That's why I, like, we could talk about Bijan. And again, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not sitting here saying it's impossible. But I just think the Eagles aren't really kind of bluffing here. And I think they really do like their running back room. But I know for a fact, the weakest we are on anywhere on the offense is at wide receiver. And you'll say, how? You have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. That's why. Because you only have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. What did I just say? You're an injury away, right? And you can make the same case for tight end, I get it. Because, you know, Dallas Goddard got hurt last year and we got zero production from the tight end position. So again, I'm not ruling out a tight end is picked early in this draft either. But at the same time, at wide receiver though, you're effed if Brown or Smith go out. Because all you got right now on this team are Quez Watkins and Britton Covey. Yeah, you got that kid Cleveland on the practice squad. You, that's what it is. So I keep telling people with Smith and Jigba, I know he's strictly a slot receiver supposedly. Okay. But if he's on the field, right, let's just say you pick him at 10. And let's just say you're healthy. Who are these guys guarding? If you have a guy who is an elite route runner in the slot in Jackson Smith and Jigba, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown. You can't guard all of them. It makes Brown's job easier. It makes Smith's job easier. Oh, is there enough footballs? Trust me, there's plenty of footballs. There's enough footballs. Again, somebody gets injured, now there's plenty, plenty of footballs. And you're only as good as your first injury, right? Somebody has to miss a little time. You don't have to rush people back. 
when you have, you know, extreme depth at a position. Like, look at the Bengals. They, they go, obviously, with Chase and Higgins and, and Boyd, and then they had Hayden Hurst this year. So they were pretty loaded up at their four skill positions, right? And what happened? Jamar Chase had to miss a month. And it didn't slow them down whatsoever because they were comfortable with everybody else they had. I'm just saying, if, if right now what the way we line up is, well, who's our slot receiver? Okay, let's just say you go with Quez again. Cool. AJ has to miss a month. What do you do? Now you got to prick somebody up. But like, again, what do you do? You're 2020 all over again. You're 2021, really. You know, Rager start, right? Jackson Smith and Jig was my number one guy, and it's by miles. Oh, well, I don't want to pick a wide receiver four straight years in the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, don't think that way. <laughs> you're trying to address needs on the team, right? But you're also trying to pick best player available. And more than likely, that is a need we have, and he's more than likely going to be the best player available anyway. Don't be afraid to get really good at a position. It's okay. Now, from the owners' meetings, before we wrap up here, I just want to go over what did come about from them. Um, speaking of Christian Gonzalez, by the way, the number zero is allowed. So the Eagles were petitioning for the number zero to be allowed, and it will be. They were running out of numbers, and if you notice, the Eagles are always running out of numbers in single digits because nobody wears number five, that's Donovan. Nobody wears number nine, that's Foles, 12, Cunningham. They're not even retired, but nobody wears them. 15 is retired. So it's like, there's four there. You got Nicobe Dean wearing 17, Cubby wears 18, Ian Book wears 19, Kenny Gainwell's wearing 14, right? You know, the 13's open. 12, like we said, is out. 11's A.J. Brown. 10 was Gardner Minshew, so that's open. 9 was obviously not being used. 8 is Aaron Sipas. 7, well, 13 was Brett Kern, but it's open now. 7 is um, obviously Hassan Reddick. 6 being Devontae Smith. 5, Donovan McNabb. 4, Jake Elliott. 3 was Zach Pascal. That's open. 2 is Darius Slay. 1 is Jalen Hurts. So there's not many open spots there. And now I guess kickers and punters, what is it? They, they can wear numbers between 40 and 49 and 90 and 99 now as well. Kind of like they do in college. Again, it's just a way to free up single-digit numbers for skill position players. Eagles need 90s, by the way, it opened up because they don't have enough of those because that's why Joseph and Sue had to wear numbers in the 70s last year. But uh, that's one of the things that did come out. It was a proposal by the Eagles, and it was passed. Push play, by the way, for the Eagles is going to be still allowed. It was not ruled out. I don't know what it is, but it's it has not been a disqualified play. So the, the quarterback push play still in play. They're not going to be reviewing roughing the passer, which to me is complete bullshit. That does need to be reviewed. I think it's the worst penalty in sport. And I hate that it's a 15-yard penalty and it's not reviewable. And I get it. I understand personal fouls and how they happen. I just think that, you know, the referees are told to call it if you think it in this. And I'd rather them just have somebody just whistle down, hey, it really was or wasn't. Let's move on. And for the fan and all of us, the Kelly Green jerseys are back. It's about time. Um, we kind of knew this last year, obviously. It's official now. Kelly Green jerseys are back. They're just waiting for approval on the helmets. I don't know why they're having to wait for approval on the helmets, but I'm assuming that'll be a full go. And the Eagles' Kelly Greens will be back in play this year, and you're going to be stunned at how much better they are than their Midnight Greens, and we're going to be thrilled about it. And you're going to be wishing they were the permanent jerseys. But that is pretty much it from the owners' meetings. 
We are, like I said, we're full speed on the NFL draft. Next week, we're going to go top five at defensive tackle, linebacker, and safety. We're going to wrap up the defense, and then we're going to get into the offense, and then obviously we're going to be weeks away, two weeks at that point, I think, after the offense um, from the NFL draft. Lots of things. We'll do mock drafts, start reading some daily mocks maybe, you know, whatever. They're stupid, but they do give you a general sense of who potentially is going to be available around the time you're picking. That's what you want to look for in mock drafts. It's not, did this guy get it? Who cares? Nobody's going to get it right because teams are going to do what they want to do. There's going to be some outliers in the draft. But you're going to get a general idea of the positions maybe, what players you think potentially could be a pool of players that could be available around each spot you're picking. I mean, after the first round, it kind of gets a little dicey because teams just pick, you know, they, they have different boards. But for the most part in the first round, you're going to have general idea. We should know who who are the pool of players we should have a, a shot at picking at a 30. And obviously 10 is pretty easy, you know, there because there's not many uh, players coming off the board. And four of which are going to probably be quarterbacks, which is what we dream of. So I love this time of year. It's fun. The Eagles are obviously a Super Bowl caliber team that's going nowhere. Howie Roseman talked about it too. They're going to try to get the Hurts extension done as soon as possible, which is great and deserving for him, and I can't wait to talk about it. But that's it for this week. Like I said, next week we're going to go over those remaining uh, positions on defense, and we'll talk maybe more about the defense next week. We'll go over you know what needs to be addressed there, and obviously a lot more. But again, the Eagles are trying to put some Band-Aids on the defense right now. And like Jeffrey Lurie said, it's an offense league, right? And we saw that in the Super Bowl because we did spend a lot on our defense and it did absolute jack for us in the Super Bowl, the most important game of the season. I want everybody out there now to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go. 